Hi, and welcome back to C Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal with C Myers Corporation. And I'm Charlene Leland. I'm a vice president with C Myers. And today we want to talk a little bit about critical thinking. And, you know, we've done a few podcasts on this before, and, and we've had a, a number of classes in our offices. And we thought this would be a great time to go back and revisit what are some of the biggest takeaways uh, that we're seeing in the critical thinking area. You know, the communicate. How does communication fit in to the the critical thinking question? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and actually, that's one of the main things that we've seen in doing a lot of the critical thinking engagements and workshops is people needing to ask more questions. It's one of the one of the big takeaways quite often in working with the different groups is that there's some assumptions that'll come up that uh, around understanding. They understand what the conversation's about. They understand what the objective is. And people just aren't stepping back and saying, well, let me just check my understanding here. Let me ask a couple of questions. And it's it's coming from both sides, I'll say, on from a leader's perspective, from the they're telling something, they're sharing something in a conversation with their peers or some direct reports. And they're not stepping back and checking in with that those folks to say, well, do they understand what I'm saying? So asking some questions there. And then on the other side, those folks that are listening and sort of receiving the information, they're not also saying, let me check that understanding again. And so what ends up happening is people think, oh, well, I've shared. It's clear. They understand what they need to do or they understand what the objective is and where we're going from here. And on the other side, those that have heard it are like, yeah, I got it. I totally understand. I'm going to take this and I'm going to go run with it. And in the end, actually, they don't on both sides. That that big assumption that's occurred because some questions weren't asked, that assumption occurs if they understand. But in actuality, when they get back together on both sides, they're like, oh, no, this is not what I thought we were actually trying to do. It's happened to all of us, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, even those of us practiced in, in critical thinking. And that's that's so interesting because when you think about critical thinking, it's it says thinking, but you can't think about things critically without additional information usually. So yeah. I think that's that's so important to to uh, ask ask the questions. And and I know that in my own experience with with other folks. I think there can be a tendency sometimes for people to not ask questions, especially of a, a supervisor or you know somebody who's in a uh, at a higher level, because they might want to impress them. Where they can just run off and do this thing, they don't want to admit that they didn't understand something, and they they think, well, if I'm not completely clear right now, I can figure it out because I want to perform for this person. I, and I, I have uh, talked to folks who have, have fallen prey to that, but the getting that clarity, asking the questions mm -hmm. up front is the recipe for success. Yeah, I agree. And I, I want to add, you know, so the, you know, some of the concerns of like, I, well, I can figure it out or I don't want to look like I don't know. Those are all, you know, common reasons that come up as to why people don't ask questions. Also, what can happen is, uh, on the other side is like, I've got an idea, I can solve this. They hear they hear part of it, they think they know, and I can go, let's jump in, I've got it. I'll run with it, I've got the solutions. Yeah. And then I'll say on the other side, sometimes what also happens is just the time compression. You know, like, we just have to get some stuff done. And so I've, I, I think I understand enough, 
there's a deadline or a need to get, you know, prioritize this thing. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go in essence. And so those things also get in the way of like, well, let's just take a few minutes and ask a couple of key questions or just any questions I'll say really to better understand it, which would then make the work that I'm going to do better. That just kind of goes out of the way because we're constantly in a whirlwind. There's lots of priorities and things are moving really fast. Yeah, you know, and that can be cultural too, as far as mm-hmm. um, you know, we're in our, we just jump in and we and we do, you know, we get yeah. things done. And what's critical here then is making sure that that practice of wait a minute before I rush off and start this mm-hmm. thing, it doesn't take very long. Let me ask some questions. Let me make sure that we are both hundred percent clear on this. And so I think that's a habit that can mm-hmm. be created. Agreed. It's it's a habit that can be created. And here's where go back on. The responsibility is on both sides. So if you're the leader, you're the person communicating the information and you're sort of like, well, I told them they should understand. Maybe, but you have to go over, you have to go a step farther. And what you can do is you can ask questions too. It's not just on the people receiving the information. So here's a couple of examples that I like to talk about is you shared some information. You think you're clear on the objective or next steps or whatever, whatever the, the conversation is. Just ask, you know, what did you hear me say? Let the person share what they heard you say. That gives you a chance to then say, oh, you you have a different interpretation than what I was intending. Let me clarify that. So that's a simple question. What did you hear me say? Or what are your takeaways? You know, tell, tell me what your two or three top takeaways are from this. Again, same idea. You're getting to hear from that person's perspective what they heard, and then you can clarify, clean up as necessary. Another one is, what are your next steps? You know, what are you what are you intending to do from here coming out of this conversation? Again, those three questions, pretty, pretty simple questions that'll help you better understand what that person's walking away with. Now, on the other side, eventually, again, it's two way street. You want your people to ask more questions. They need to get into that habit, as you said, Charlene. And so just ending the conversation with anybody have any questions? That's not enough because in that moment, sometimes people are like, well, no, I don't have any questions or no, I'm not sure what to ask. You know, all those things that we also reference as to why they might not be asking questions. So make it a requirement. We're going to go around, you know, and depending on the size of the group, you know, will matter in terms of how you implement this. But you might say it is a requirement that everyone asks two questions. And why two? Because it takes it beyond that initial kind of surface level question that might be there and forces people to practice like, well, what's something else that would deepen my understanding or gain more clarity here? So have them ask two questions. Yeah, I I love that. I love having some specific questions to ask to get the conversation rolling, because like you said, just saying, what questions do you have is kind of like, how was school today? You know, it's so general that it's not that people aren't trying to ask the questions. It's just that they're, they're, you know, it doesn't get the brain kicked into that mode. So I love those four questions. I'm just going to repeat them for folks. What did you hear me say? What are your takeaways? What are your next steps? And what are at least two questions? And you can come up with your own questions as well to, to kind of prime the pump there. Yep. Agreed. And then I'll say, if you're trying to get better at also, you know, you've got these questions, but you also just want to be better at asking questions in general. Again, that all of this is related to critical thinking, but it you know, it's maybe feels not as direct, but it is because if you want to be able to think about something, you need to be able to ask questions. So take those questions, but also come up with some other kind of hip pocket questions. I'm not sure what to ask in this moment. Someone did say, what questions do I have? And I know that 
it's going to be beneficial to ask some questions. So have some go-to ones, some that you can pull out and say, you know, I've got this two or three that I know are generally pretty good at helping me in a broad variety of situations so that I can get into that habit of asking questions. That's great. So uh, another um, area in critical thinking that I know has come up quite a bit that's um, maybe one of the more challenging things to address so that critical thinking goes, you know, is more successful is assumptions, Mm -hmm. assumptions that come into play. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I mean, we've referenced one one assumption already is like, I assume I understand. I assume they understand. Those are assumptions mm-hmm. that happen quite frequently. So being you know, able to step back and say, I, I recognize that that's at play. And that's, again, asking some questions. The other side of this then on the assumptions is uh, we all have assumptions because that's the way we operate. So as we're going into a project, we're in a conversation, we're trying to identify a solution, stepping back and recognizing where your assumptions are really at play in your thinking and where are they supporting and also potentially getting in your way. And actually calling them out. What we find is in some of these conversations, if if people go around and say, I'm walking in with this kind of assumption around this topic, giving it some airtime, then helps them say, now how do I make sure that assumption is not causing me to have some blinders on? Let me get some other information to either verify or actually refute that assumption. And then this is also really helpful in the decision making process to say, we're making this decision and it's based on this assumption. You know, it's not usually that the decision was bad or wrong. It's more like what assumptions and logic did we use that might have been flawed or really good in terms of making this decision? So let's make sure that we identify that. So as we're assessing throughout the process, is this assumption holding? Is it is it so? Yeah, and I don't want to say true because true or false can have different connotations. Mm-hmm. But is it is it holding up to what we thought, you know, was going to happen? And that then you can check back in on that. That's great. Do you, do you have any other examples of assumptions that you've run across um, that have kind of snagged things a bit? Uh, yeah. So assume I understand. And so now I'm going to run on that assumption and I'm going to go do all this work. And all along the way, I'm assuming I'm doing work that is good. What that assumption now is causing potentially an issue is I may not be checking in soon enough because I assume the work that I'm doing is aligned with the objective. And at the end, I go back and I work with the stakeholder or the sponsor and they might say, this is not what we intended. But because I assumed I understood and I assumed that my work was I'll say in essence on track, then that caused me to actually do some things that were not aligned with how we want to spend our time. Yeah. And I I love that, you know, the the check-in idea. It's so, it's again, it's a part of communication, but without the the check-in, how are you going to do a course correction? If there was some assumption or some misunderstanding in the beginning, that's how you uncover them before you've gotten too far down the road. So that's a, um, that's a, a great one. And I think it's I think it's related to another one of those critical thinking things. And, and I'm going to call this the big one. And that's um, clearly defining objectives before yeah. jumping in. And that's part of asking questions, but it's actually a little more specific than that. Yeah, I would agree. You know, oftentimes we'll we'll have people do some self-assessments and some assessments of the team. And usually identifying the objective 
or you could even think of this as you know being clear on what the problem is either way you know really what what getting to the the root issue is one way to think about it a lot of a lot of people and teams think that that's one of their better competencies mm. and often what we see is as we go through and work with them is that's where the assumptions start to come into play of we think we understand what's actually happening and they're but they're really in the end they need to do some more work around the objective or the solution really where they tend to maybe be better is they think they understand what the objective is and they're really good at jumping in and identifying a solution to address it because yes. they've got an idea but they yes. haven't spent enough time on saying this is this is really the the objective not the technical objective but also the intended impact and the the problem that needs to be solved yeah it's um so like if you think of of uh, an example of this is why why are we putting in um automated decisioning for loans okay you know what's the objective the objective isn't to get the software in place or whatever it is that you're working with what is the true objective is because you might go about it differently if you're trying to make the process faster if that's the primary thing that you're trying to do or if you are uh, trying to um, approve more of a certain uh, level of paper those are two different you you will go about it differently if you're yeah. if you're um, depending on what the true objective is and i think you said something earlier about different ways to, to to get at the objective well what problem are we trying to solve that's a that's a favorite question and why and it's kind of uh, share kind of a funny story is working with one group and we're walking through doing practicing some critical thinking and we gave them six structured you know questions that they have to work through and said all right here's your topic and question one is what's the objective what problem are we trying to solve that was question one a and question one b then is for this conversation, what is our objective? And I wanna circle back to that because this is where I think it can get lost on oftentimes the objective, but they, they're working on this one A and of course there's time pressure, You know, we only have so much time to work on this. And so the group sort of got into it and they're like, you know, we haven't really answered what the objective and what the, or what the real, you know, the problem is that we're trying to solve, but there's, we've got to get it done. We've got a deadline. And so they just moved on. And in the debrief, they had good humor about it, but they're like, this happens often where the time pressure and the deadlines, we that actually becomes the driving force, not really getting the, the right objective and being clear on it. And then how it can just sort of cascade in terms of its impact on the effectiveness of delivering on whatever the objective was. I, I wanted to circle back to you said, you know, what's the objective for this conversation? And here's here's the thing where I think objective gets missed. Even if people are good at identifying the objective, the question is, mm -hmm. you know, we were having a conversation and it didn't it didn't occur to me. I don't have that habit to step back and say, wait a minute, what what are we trying to accomplish here? So as many people as they go into meetings they say what's the objective of this meeting if you're not doing that that can be super helpful but then trying to identify once you get into a conversation or or a problem solving of any kind wait a second i think we need to be clear on the objective first because that's the, that's the filter that everything else is going to go through yeah yeah agreed and i'll say often what happens in my experience is people want to be helpful so take this example just to a day in and day out example someone comes and asks you a question 
I can answer a question. No problem. I want to be helpful. Let me help you out with that. And so you do, you give an answer, but is that really answering the, you know, like the question they meant? Because sometimes people may not have, you know, there's not all the information, they need something quick, or it's sort of like they didn't know what to ask, so they asked something. And so even stepping back and just kind of being like, okay, yeah, I can help with this question. But what's the objective? Like, what do we, wh where does this fit in a broader context? I'll even say, add this into what's your objective as a leader? If you want to be helpful and you're constantly answering questions for your team, that might be unintentionally stunting them. What might be better actually is, okay, I can answer this question, but I want to help you learn. So tell me what you think. What's your idea or your solution? And then let's go from there. So that's even building on what you said, Charlene, of like, yeah. it's for a project, it might be really clear. Yeah, we need to identify an objective. And even then, right. organizations struggle on it. But then you've got the meetings and then some of these day in and day out interactions of constantly stepping back and saying, if I want to think critically in this interaction, let me just first start with what what conversation are we in? What's the objective of what we're trying to do? And what am I trying to accomplish at the same time? That's great. That's yeah. great. And, you know, the practice aspect of it and trying to keep it top of mind until you form those habits mm -hmm. to to always do that. I want to add one more thing. You know, the uh, this goes back to a little on the checking in piece of it is what gets forgotten the most in this is the assessment. How are we progressing? How are we doing? How did this meeting go? How did this project go? But even in the middle of it, that check in, don't assume you understand. Assess. Work with the sponsor and the stakeholder. Assess, are we on track? Get 10% in and say, are we on track? Get 30% in, are we on track? So that assessment which most often people think after the project and even then they don't always assess and do the postmortem of like, how did we do? Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's a constant process to recalibrate throughout. And so that's just something I want to add in here too, of like in all of this, the assessment can also be another helpful way of asking questions, being clear on the objective, making sure that your assumptions are, are helpful and not detrimental or creating roadblocks. It's just a, it's another piece and it gets forgotten so often. That's great. This has been um, super helpful. Thanks for sharing your experiences as you've addressed critical thinking with different groups. I think you came out with some great practical tips for people mm -hmm. to, to use every day. So um, go forth and think critically, everyone. And uh, thanks, thanks for taking some time to listen. Thank you, everyone.